main thing that I learned about conspiracy theory is that conspiracy theorists believe in a conspiracy because that is more comforting. The truth of the world is that it is actually chaotic. The truth is that it's not the Illuminati or the Jewish banking conspiracy or the gray alien theory. The truth is far more frightening. Nobody is in control. The world is rudderless. Alan Moore Welcome to Revisionist History, the podcast where we set the historical record straight, no matter who it might offend. I'm Paul, and today's episode is the first of a two-part series, possibly more than two parts the way things are going, about conspiracy theories and their effects on revisionist history. Neil Armstrong once said, that people love conspiracy theories, which is a little ironic given the fact that anywhere from 5 to 20%, depending on the poll, believe that he never walked on the moon. And a NASA scientist recently said that he believes the further we get from the actual event in 1969 and the fewer people around that actually remember seeing it, the higher that number is going to climb. Before getting too deep into today's subject, we should probably clarify the difference between a conspiracy and a conspiracy theory. This may sound obvious, but maybe it's not. A conspiracy simply involves two or more people, sometimes notable, sometimes powerful, sometimes not, getting together and working on a plan to pull off some kind of plot, whether it be a bank heist, the overthrow of a government, or just the defrauding of the public. Conspiracies, real conspiracies, have existed since time began. The Roman Senate engaged in a conspiracy to assassinate Julius Caesar. Several German generals conspired to attempt to kill Adolf Hitler, though Unfortunately, they failed. The American Mafia has engaged in more criminal conspiracies than anyone can count. So conspiracies do exist. Conspiracy theories, however, are exactly that. Theories. And they generally involve some government agency or other powerful group of people pulling off something from an assassination to the hijacking of an election for nefarious gain. Actual conspiracies are fairly easy, ultimately, to prove. Conspiracy theories are virtually impossible to prove, which is what makes them last in the public's imagination beyond all reason. Some conspiracy theories are just outright ridiculous, such as the one that believes there's a vast worldwide conspiracy to convince people that the earth is round when it's actually flat. Or that Amelia Earhart and Jim Morrison are alive and well 
living in the Bahamas, running a surfboard shop owned by Elvis Presley. Others are more sinister and thus more dangerous, both to us historically and in the present day, such as the idea that the U.S. government was actually behind the 9-11 attacks, that medical vaccines are a method of government mind control, or, and this is the one that we're going to devote an entire episode to, that Lee Harvey Oswald really didn't act alone. Now, I could spend an infinite amount of time debunking all of these conspiracy theories, and I do plan to spend a fair amount of time in the next episode debunking the Kennedy assassination conspiracy theories. But for today, there's a much more important thing we need to talk about. The effect that these theories have on revisionist history. How they cause history to be revised in a way that is unbelievably detrimental both to us now and to future generations. We're going to look at two aspects of this conspiracy theory phenomenon. Who benefits from them? and why we buy into them in the first place. Now, it's going to sound simplistic and more than a little cynical, but if you want to know who benefits from any given conspiracy theory, you should look at who's making money from it, because in the end, that's what it all comes down to. Two of the greatest conspiracy theories of the last 50 years, the idea that the moon landing was a hoax and that there was a vast conspiracy in the JFK assassination have both had their own cottage industries sprung up around them. People are making money off of these conspiracy theories left and right, whether it be books, films, or just YouTube views. People are making money. And if people are making money, they're gonna keep pushing an idea. I'm sure I'll mention this when I talk about the Kennedy assassination, but Oliver Stone in his movie JFK that was released in 1991 basically filmed an entire conspiracy theory and made millions of dollars from it. Now, did Stone believe it? I don't know. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't, but he got rich doing it. The hero of his film, Jim Garrison, went from being an unknown New Orleans district attorney to being a nationally known figure totally based on his own conspiracy theory. Some conspiracy theorists, such as Alex Jones, make an entire career out of coming up with new and better theories. And celebrities and sports stars get into the act as well. But why do we buy into them? Why do we buy into these ridiculous conspiracy theories? Well, partly because they can be entertaining and we are a culture that craves being entertained. We're a society, especially in the United States, that since the days of Vietnam and Watergate are generally skeptical about any official version of anything. But most importantly, I think, without getting too psychological, we're afraid. We're afraid of a lot of things. 
but we're especially afraid of the randomness of life. Things like 9-11, the Boston Marathon bombings, even the JFK assassination, all shake our belief that ultimately life is safe, life is stable. We're going to go from birth to 80 years old and things are just going to be great. When anything comes in and shatters that belief, we don't really know what to do. And simplistic answers sometimes just aren't enough for us. We don't want to believe that one lone psycho gunman can bring down the most powerful man in the world. It has to be some vast plot, some vast conspiracy by very powerful people. Because if the greatest, most powerful person on the planet can be killed by one lone punk, then the same thing can very easily happen to us. And that can be terrifying in a world that's already a little terrifying. But psychology aside, since this is a podcast about history, conspiracy theories are very bad when it comes to the idea of treating history accurately, giving the facts, giving the truth, for lack of a better word. Understanding our past, understanding what really happened in our past, and looking at it honestly and objectively is the only way that we're able to move forward as a society, as a culture, as individuals. And when we allow alterations, no matter how small or large, to just be inserted and take over the true narrative, we're doing a massive disservice both to ourselves and to future generations. Yes, when it comes to things the government tells us, we should do what Ronald Reagan always said, trust but verify. But once we've verified, we should accept what is obviously true and reject what is obviously insane. Future generations of American schoolchildren should not look at footage of the moon landing and immediately think, yeah, but did it really happen? That is a massive disservice, not just to the astronauts that landed on the moon, but to everyone that worked on the space program in the 1960s, and particularly the astronauts who gave their lives prior to the moon landing, as well as those who perished in the shuttle explosions decades later. This type of conspiracy theory throws their entire life's work into question. And it's just wrong. I believe in some way, all of these conspiracy theories were born with one, the JFK assassination conspiracy theories. Pretty much all of them have come as a result of that. And the doubts that have been raised in everything from our institutions to our leaders as a result. And that's why that is going to be our entire next episode. Because I truly believe you could not have people questioning whether the United States was actually involved in the 9-11 attacks or if Osama bin Laden was actually already dead before the raid in Pakistan. If you didn't have a situation 
where 60% of the American people today don't believe the official version that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. In our next episode, I will show why all of the conspiracy theories have holes so large you could drive a truck through them, and why, yes, one crazed lone punk in 1963 did kill the most powerful man in the world. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you're finding this podcast both informative and entertaining. If you'd like to help us keep episodes like this coming, please consider clicking on the support this podcast link in the show notes. It'll help us create more content and go a long way toward making this podcast completely ad-free. Thanks again.